0: Now on to the podcast. Support for this episode is brought to you by the Headset App. Are you looking for a simple solution for coach to catcher communication for the season that doesn't require bulky hardware in the dugout? Traditional communication gear can be a headache to set up and carry from game to game. But what if there's a game-changing solution? Introducing the Headset App, your new MVP in communication for coaches and catchers. Enjoy crystal clear Ultra HD audio without the Major League price tag. It's compatible with any Bluetooth headset or earbuds. Say goodbye to tangled wires and extra hardware. Ready to step up to the plate? Download the headset app for free today. Getting started is as easy as a home run trot. Create your account, invite your team, and start calling pitches. The headset app is ready for download in the App Store and on Google Play. Swing for the fences and download today to get a five-day free trial. And for a limited time, use abca 24 when you buy your pass for next season and save 10%. Find out more at the headsetapp.com. Next up on the ABC podcast, the 2024 ABC Hall of Fame class inductee, Nova High School head coach and athletic director, Pat McQuaid. McQuaid is a Nova grad and played collegiately at Catawba. He received his master's from Appalachian State and was a graduate assistant football coach. McQuaid began coaching baseball at Nova in 1974, 45 seasons at Nova McQuade compiled 947 wins 18 district titles two state championships and one national title Quade spent time coaching football cross country and took over athletic director duties in 2001 McQuaid is the baseball chairman for the Florida Athletic Coaches Association and a member of the FHSAA Baseball Advisory Committee McQuade is in the Florida High School Coaches Association and Broward County Hall of Fame let's welcome Pat McQuade to the podcast. Here's Pat McQuaid, Nova High School, but 2024 ABC Hall of Fame Class Inductee, FHSAA Hall of Famer, 45 seasons, 947 wins, 18 district titles, two state championships, and one national championship. Coach, thanks for jumping on with me.
1: Oh, enjoy it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, these these are my favorite ones that that we get to do because we get to shine a light on on every level of the great coaching that we have at all levels. So the, I always get pumped for these ones. Good 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 ready to go yeah you had a 50 and one stretch 05 and 06
1: if you throw if you throw 04 in there I think it was like 80 something and four because like when we won the state championship in 04 we were I want to say we might have had three losses we were like 31 and three and we were like 31 and one and then we were 28-0. so that was a good stretch had some great players.
0: I mean, it being so cyclical at the high school level, did you have feeder programs coming in in Nova with the younger kids?
1: No, no. We, we know that we were sort of unique. We were a, a school where kids have to apply to get into the school with lottery systems. So even though we were uh, K through 12, we, you know, we really didn't have a feeder program because we drew from all over the county. So it wasn't like if – if we were like Cooper City, the Cooper City Optimist kids would come to us. It was just different all the time who was going to show up in our program.
0: So, I, I mean, what do you attribute to that group being so good then?
1: Just good kids. Good good kids, uh, kids that came up through the elementary school and then kids that got in. It was just a unique group of kids. I mean, it started really, our run started in probably... 2000, and then from 2000 to about 2010, we were, you know, phenomenal, and then towards the end of my career, we got on a run again, so it's just, you know, you just you just coach the kids that show up, and you try to get better, and you, you try to mold them to where they're good people, and, you know, high school baseball is all about repetition and love, you know, did your coaching style change much over the forty-five years? No, no. I, I think I think as you got older, you appreciated the kids more, and you uh, maybe dealt with them at a different level. Where you were, although I was always concerned, you know, make sure they got in school, make sure that uh, you know everything was good at home, and those kinds of things, and. You know, what, what I enjoy most is all my ex-players that come back. You know, whether it's a playoff game and you see their families, you know, and the little kids running the bases and, and just the greatest thing as a coach, is not winning losses because that, that all takes care of itself. I think it's when a kid comes back and, and maybe he wasn't a starter, he tells you thank you. You know, and that's, and that's why you coach.
0: Who did you learn empathy from? 'cause I think that's a that that's kind of a new school approach. you didn't see it as much back then, but just being empathic to your players and what they were going through, did you always have that, or who'd you learn that from
1: uh i I don't know if you i think i mean you learn it, but you really don't know who you learn it from. It's just a behavior people have been nice to you, people have taken care of you, and you know i I just think it's something that you know. Your parents instilling in you. And then if, if you're around good coaches and good teachers, you know, you find out that it's you get more being nice to people than, than you do being a knucklehead.
0: I agree. I agree. Not everybody agrees with that, but I agree about being nice to people. Is a, a huge step in the right direction? I think we need more well, of that right now in our society. So I think people need to be nicer to each other.
1: Well, like I could tell my wife all the time. You get more with sugar than you do with vinegar. If you're nice and you give things to people, and people are going to come back and and take care of you. I'll give you a good example today. Uh, just we had a issue in our bathroom. I called up one of my ex players' dad. He was here in ten minutes. You know, and I appreciate you know you make a phone call, and because they believe that you took care of their kids and you did a good job with their kids, they're going to come back when I make a phone call. Like my wife says, you got people. No, I got nice people, you know, that, that appreciate what we've done. And so, but that was a you know quick little story that happened this morning.
0: Yeah, that's, my dad had a lot of good quotes, but my favorite one of his is, you see the same people on the way up as you do on the way down.
1: Right. Just as a reminder, dad,
0: being humble and treating everybody
1: with kindness. Right. And, and one quote from my dad all the time, he says, Nobody has to tell you you're good. Don't hang around expecting for people to pat you on the back. If you know you're good at something, you're good. You don't need people to tell you that. And I think I've lived by that.
0: You know, and shout out to Lou Pavlovich, retiring now with Collegiate Baseball, but he had a great article in there, you know, with, with you practicing JV and varsity together. Did you come in with that
1: model? No. What 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 actually happened uh, probably seven, eight years into coaching, our county decided that they were going to stop JV baseball. So, so now you incorporate those couple coaches into your varsity program, and then in three years when they decided to go back to JV, I wasn't going to tell coaches that were with me on the varsity and everything, no, you go back with the younger kids, so we practice everybody together. And it, and it really, it really worked out. And what's, what's special is, you have a, a Michael Morse at shortstop that was drafted in the second round, and now there's a 13 year old kid that's a freshman, and he's taking ground balls with him. He's going to learn quicker than, uh, and he's going to listen to, to Michael maybe more than he listens to me, because those are kids that, that they look up to. So it was, it was always good for us. Always good for us.
0: What was the district's decision on getting rid of J V baseball or JV sports just, in
1: general? Uh no, it was just it was just baseball. I mean, they had football and basketball. It was just a economic thing, you know, and it was only, you know, different people come into power, different people decide, make different decisions, and so it was just one of those things and probably was the best thing that ever happened to us because we worked everybody together and, and and what we tried to do was tried to get everybody, every kid in a varsity game sometime during the year that was in the program. We probably had 44 kids in the program. And and then what happened too was <clears throat> we tried to play our, our JV games on Saturday. We played a Saturday doubleheader. So all the coaches were there. You know, our varsity kids would be hitting in the cage. So just sort of like everybody was involved. Everybody in the program was there every day. And that that's, that's the young kid's growth faster, and it allows me an opportunity to see the young kids every day and decide when they're ready to play. So, no, it was something that I recommend, even though sometimes the logistics are are hard when you have so many kids.
0: Yeah, you're building a community with that.
1: Right.
0: You know, were your teams built on foundation of handling the baseball? Of what? Of handling the baseball defensively. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, we were... You know, I, I think just like I tell everybody, I think uh, high school baseball is about repetition. I mean, you're there to to d- d- develop the kid, and we believed in ground balls, swings, and throw around. You know, those three things that we, that we we did every day.
0: So your your practice plan was pretty set every day with those in the beginning,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, what we we would uh, we would always uh start practice with uh, you know individual work for about 15 20 minutes and then we would go to we'd go to outfield where we set three coaches up and we'd and they would <clears throat> hit we go ground balls left right fly balls left right and they'd be hitting the cuts all the time so you'd have all your infielders and you got you know, a lot of work there. And then we would go to uh, our double infield, and then we we would do our throw around, and after that we would do some some part of uh, <coughs> either outfield situations or PFPs or, or whatever we would do that, and then we'd go to our hitting. And I learned a long time ago after the first few years coaching that hitting is the most boring thing you can do because everybody would just kids would be out there in the field jacking around and somebody would be throwing BP and the kid gets five or ten swings and that was your batting practice. So what we've done is we went to what we call hit and run, where the, for the first part, you know, what we do usually was <clears throat> we get the varsity kids, we put half in the cage, half at home plate, and our JV kids in the field. So our young kids are learning how to play defense because what happens is you're going through your lineup. You know, you got a runner at first. And now that kid's hitting a live pitch from the, the coach is throwing. So he's throwing pretty good. And you're playing live baseball, stealing, going from first to third on a base hit. So you run into bases. I'll be at third, giving s- signals in the, in a sense so I can make a decision if if the kid can go from first to third or can go from second home. So now I'm learning my kids. So we do that like 20 minutes each group or whatever, and then we also sometimes we want to just put the young kids in the batting cage. Our varsity kids, we divide them in two teams, and you go six outs. Six outs. If if you don't if if you hit and you don't get hit, you hit all day. So the defense got to get you out if they want to hit. So I just learned that was better because it be, it became a situation where the kids were competitive and and it's hard to teach competition. I think, you know, nowadays kids aren't quite as competitive. Well, they don't and get I,
0: as many game reps now too. And, right. and that was a college practice that you're running, by the way. How long did it take the JV kids to kind of acclimate to the amount of throwing that they were going to have to do?
1: No, no, you know, first week they'd all be sore, but then, it was it was no problem. I mean we, we we I'm old school in that where we threw every day. I don't think kids every throw
0: day. enough now. I don't. No. I, and, don't. And, I was an everyday and, throw guy. We had to take a day off at the college level because we had to, but if I had if our guys could have thrown every day, I would have had them throw every day.
1: Right. And I was old school where give the pitcher the ball and I don't want to take it back till after the game. <laughs> you know, so and and we've had Great success with that, and, and we've never had uh, really, really harm issues as long as you space, you know, the bullpens out and things like that. But it's, you know, I, 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 the thing I enjoy most is putting the pieces of the puzzle together every year, you know, because it's different every year. And I think in retirement, the thing I miss most is I miss the kids. You know, you miss the interaction with the kids and watching a kid come in at 14 years old and leave 18 as, as a man now. And, and I think high school, there's so many firsts in a kid's life during high school. And they remember everything. They go to college. Things are a little bit different, but high school, you know, their first date their first car and and so forth, everything is a first. So they, they remember more about their high school teammates and, in the games and the things that they did. So that's why I think high school is special. How did you handle
0: that with kids when maybe they were struggling a little bit with what was going on off the field?
1: When we talked, there was times, you know, there's kids always have, you know, issues at home and and you'd have kids that, you know, we had kids, you know, once or twice with kids that might be homeless or a kid that, you know, there's five families living in their home and, you just try to uh, take care of them when you can, you know, You know, give them a ride home if they need it. You need to stop at bricker or King to give them something to, to eat. And you just show them that you love them and you care about them. And and when, and, and you want to be able to have the kid come in and talk to you when things aren't right. Or <clears throat> as, you know, as you, the more you coach, you can pick when a kid is, you, you know, when a kid's not, not doing what he should be doing or not feeling good or whatever. And those are the kinds of things and that, that you try to keep up on because you got to know, you got to know all your kids and everyone is important. It's not just, Oh, the superstar over here. Oh, no, it's every, everybody that you decided to keep on the team. And, and sometimes, you know, you kept a kid on the team because he needed to be on the team. You know, and I never let kids quit. You know, it's like, no, 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 you're going to stick it out, and you're going to, you know, you know, make it through. So we were pretty good about that. But I, I think you just show the kids you care.
0: How did you get to Florida from Virginia?
1: Well, no, I, my dad was in the military. My dad I was born in Fort, Fort Belvoir, Virginia, and my my mom and dad worked in the Pentagon. So from there they they came to Florida my dad was in the hotel business so that's why we're in Florida got here when I was like five years old
0: so and then for college you went to Catawba did you want to try to get back to the mid-Atlantic or was that your best option of going to to play in in college
1: well I had you know you never know if you make the 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 right call or not Catawba was going to let me play baseball and football because I was more of a football guy, starting out, and I could have went to the the Citadel, and I could have went to like Montana State, but you know, Catawba seemed seemed like the the fit. Coach Stratton was a a good man, and and I had a you know had a pretty good career there.
0: And then you headed to App State after that. Yeah, I was at App State as a grad assistant in
1: 1975 in football, and uh, a, a funny note: Jim Morris from the University of Miami was uh, when I was leaving in '76, he came in as a grad assistant in baseball at uh, at App. But App App was uh, such a great experience. It was I was a graduate assistant in football, and you know we had just got into the the Southern Conference in that year, we beat uh, uh, Wake Forest and uh, South Carolina, so it was a it was a good experience in the sense that I got to see what what coaching in college was like. And I used to always go down and and throw BP for for the baseball team.
0: There's always but a yes. beautiful, beautiful picture of App State's field when the leaves start changing in Boone.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no. And uh, my roommate in, uh, at Catawba ended up being the athletic director at, at Appalachian for, for about 25 years. So it was good. You know, Carolina, I think my wife had her choice. That's where we'd be, right there in Boone.
0: <laughs> we're, yeah, we're fortunate we moved out this way. We're right in the middle of it. Where, so that, where are you? What's at? We're in Greensboro, so we're not far. Oh,
1: Greensboro. Gre- Gre- oh, yeah, that's right. Thirty miles from, oh, That's right. You're at yeah. The, not
0: not far. My son lives in Asheville, so I get to I get to drive through that part of the world every once in a while when I get to go see him. So I love I love that part of the country. It's beautiful over there.
1: Yeah, Salisbury's about thirty miles away from Greensboro.
0: Yeah, they've done a good job with their facilities at Catawba.
1: Yeah, no, no. Jim Gant's a good Jim's man. A
0: good, great guy. Great guy.
1: Good, 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 good man, and uh. He's he's a guy that one day should be in the Hall of Fame because he's spent his, spent his whole career there building the program I and mean, you know he hasn't you know wanted to to go at higher level he feels comfortable right where he is. And,
0: so is yeah. the goal to always go back to Nova then at some point?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yes, 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 and no. Uh, when I graduated from Catawba, I. Uh, I went right to Nova, they hired me right away. I coached uh, freshman football. We were undefeated the first year I coached, and then I did the first year JV baseball, and then I became the head baseball coach at like 24. But uh, yes, and, and but then, you know, when I went to Appalachian as a graduate assistant, I had some chances to to go to college, but it was like, no you know, what I, you know, it's sort of hard to explain. I I just didn't want to move my family all over the place. And well, especially you didn't
0: have football lifestyle. Every college football coach I've known has moved like 20 times.
1: Well, that's, that's what happened. I saw some guys go to places for a year or two and then the staff would get fired and then they're scrambling for a job. And then one time, uh, when I was head football coach at Nova, we take kids through the Carolinas and get them scholarships. And, and I met a gentleman who was a offensive, a defense, I mean excuse me, defensive coordinator at Lenore Ryan. And he went from Lenore Ryan to Louisville to Texas El Paso, all in the span of uh, two and a half years. And what happened was he recruited, we had a good running back and a good quarterback. When he went to Louisville, he recruited him. And when he went to Texas El Paso, because they had a great track program, he ended up convincing the quarterback and the running back to go to Texas El Paso. So the third game of the season, the head coach gets fired. So he now is the interim head coach. So he calls me up and wanted to offer me a job. And he said, why don't you come up and talk? I'll send you airfare and everything. (laughs) And the day before we were going to leave, he found out that he got fired. So I said, time out. I'm just going to stay right (laughs) where I am and get a retirement, coach high school baseball and and football and just enjoy that.
0: The grass isn't always
1: greener. No, and my dad always says, he says, the grass isn't always greener. Because sometimes that grass is sitting on the sewer. Yeah. And be, be
0: careful what you wish for. That was the other thing my dad would say a lot. He goes, be careful what you wish for, because there's some things that come with it that you may not expect. Right. So you coached cross country then for
1: a little bit too, right? Well, what, what I did was uh, it's... <laughs> yeah, I got into that. Only a hundred wins. Only... I
0: mean, I don't yeah, discount count no, we that. That's ring, a lot. Ring, That's a lot of cross country wins, a hundred wins. We went,
1: to, we went to state a couple of times. When, when I decided to not coach football, uh, I wanted – the AD, who, who was a, a good friend, he says, we need somebody for cross country. And I got to thinking, you know what? Get a chance to see the kids every day besides our open facility. So I made all the baseball kids run. And, and we went to the state tournament two or three times with with, with – with Baseball kids. And Funny how be. that
0: works. You get competitive people outfits. on anything, you're going to win.
1: Yeah, we do our workout, and then they go into batting cage and hit. At
0: least they're going to be in shape then time. too. Yeah, that's probably why you didn't have a lot of arm injuries. You guys were running okay. in the fall and keeping their yeah, legs they, underneath
1: we, them. No, it was it, it it was fun because it was you know, there's there's no pressure. You know, it's up to the kids. It's an individual sport. I mean, you. You got on them when they didn't do things the right way, but, but there was no pressure to win or lose or whatever. You just got out there, and it was the kid. If he wanted to be good, he could be, but it was, it was a good experience. We did it for, like, five years, something like that, next, whatever. Then did you always
0: see yourself moving into the athletic director's role at some point?
1: No, I didn't want the job at all. Uh, our new, we had a new principal come in. And the the old guy that was the AD, who was a a good friend, uh, he was not ready to retire, but they sort of pushed him out a little bit. And the principal came to me and I said, no, no, no. Then I got to thinking, you know, we need somebody to come in here and protect the interests of all the other coaches instead of having somebody come in and then everything is gonna change so I took that on for 22 years or whatever it was. And it, and it was good because you got to, got to work with all the coaches and you got to improve their facilities and, and uh, instead of just worry about, you know, your little spot on the campus. So it, it was good. It was good.
0: With being in a military family, did you have to work at all growing up?
1: Did I have to work? Yeah.
0: Did you have a job? Every, did you have a high school job?
1: Every day, my shoot, I can tell you a million different jobs. I was a, a busboy. I worked in a, a sewer water line where I built manholes and, and put sewer and water lines in. I mean, worked at, like a Publix or Winn-Dixie. No, I had to have a job, and and I did the same thing with my. My dad told me, he said, "You, if you want, if you want something, you're going to have to buy it. I'm not buying it for you. You want a car? You're going to have to." That was a different time then. So everybody worked all summer, you had a job, maybe turned a week a little bit. so so you learned the, the value of a dollar. you learned the pecking order where you were in a business. you learned uh, how to get along with people. It's just like it was like playing athletics. It was the same thing.
0: I say it all the time. I think every high school kid should have to work in the service industry at some point. And I loved being in the service industry. I loved it. Bus and tables was one of my first jobs. I think every high school kid should have to work in the service industry. I think it sets you up for being really successful later on in life.
1: Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, just like my kids, you know, they, they all had to have jobs. and They all had to work during the summer. Just like I told my kids, I said, you want a car? You have to, you have to earn a $1,000 first. When you get that $1,000, we'll get you a car. During the summer, you make the car payment, so you see that check coming in and the check going out. Yep. Where it's not all your money; you're paying for something. And and I, I think that teaches a, a a valuable lesson where you know you have you have to be accountable. You have to be able to fend for yourself because before you know it, you're going to be on your own anyway, and you're going to have to figure out how to pay that mortgage and take care of your kids and those kinds of things. So so, yeah, I'm a big advocate of that. And, and just like in our baseball program, our kids all had to earn money for the program in, in the sense where we parked cars at the hockey arena. We fit the concession stands at, a, at the Dolphin Games. And no, you're not just going to use the batting cage. We're building the batting cage. So you had kids before raising the money to to build something and then the other kids got to use it now they have to do something for the program so i always believe that no you're gonna not not giving a fundraiser to mom and dad to do you're gonna go out and do it and i always had some of my my ex-players say coach we'll give you a thousand dollars i want your kids to come over and and clean my warehouse or something so we always had things like that.
0: When did you start your golf tournament and then the marathon baseball game? Uh,
1: probably it would have been third or fourth year after I coached. It was, it was a, a situation where we wanted to start a Hall of Fame, wanted to bring the, the alumni back in. And really, it's, it's the best weekend of the year. Because what happens is uh, you have the alumni game, Uh, We feed, we've had as many as 600 people and it's a free meal. You know, families come out and, you know, you get to see your ex-players and see their families. And, you know, you, you have a a big barbecue and the moms bring the side dishes and, and we play baseball for, for three hours, you know, an alumni game against our kids. And it's just a fun day. You know, we'd have a bounce house for the little kids. We'd have, pony rides for, for the kids and it was it was good. And then the night before the game we'd have our Hall of Fame. So we had a big dinner where I introduce our team for the coming year. And then we put five or six kids in the Hall of Fame. Then the next day is so the it's baseball only and,
0: Hall of Fame then. Yeah. Awesome. Did you steal all yeah. that from Ron Frazier?
1: Oh I don't know. He he was the man though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some so, of my favorite stories are the Fraser Fraser stories. Oh, yeah.
1: And, and Skip Burke me, too. I yes. remember when Skip was, I remember when he was a high school coach. Yep. You know, people don't realize that. He was at Miami Beach High for, for a while. <clears throat> and then, then we end up the weekend Sunday with our golf tournament. So so it's just a good way to get to see the ex-players and, and show our kids, you know, the family atmosphere and get the parents involved and then you know it's the beginning of the year you don't have any parents mad at you yet so
0: (laughs) that's time to do it do it before the season starts
1: so it's 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 good it's good
0: who did you kind of lean in on or resources that you used when you first got into it to try to help you figure things out
1: i i'm an observer i mean i don't i don't think there was any one person i just observe the successful people and see, you know, the things that they've done and try to integrate it into your program. So I'd say more, I was observer, listen to people. I mean, especially, you know, the first convention I went to was in 1974 and just to, to see the people and network and get with some other coaches and, you know, see what they're doing, the things that they're doing. So it's just sort of observe and try some things, and try to mold it to your program.
0: Was that convention in Miami?
1: Probably seventy-four. That was, was my first convention, but, by the way, was seventy-four. Was, the Fountain Blues. Yeah, it was either it was either Miami or it was San Francisco. I don't remember which.
0: I mean, what does it mean to you going into the ABC Hall of
1: Fame? Oh, I think it's. <laughs> I cry when I when I think about it because. Uh, It's not, it's one of those dreams that you never thought would come true. And here I am going in with Jim Morris and going in, you know, with O'Connell from Virginia. Danny Hall, Jim Wells, I mean, the the laundry list.
0: And by the way, y'all are connected in a lot of different ways. Just looking through and talking to people, y'all have some connections with
1: each other. It's awesome. Uh I know I know. my daughter plays softball at Alabama, so I used to go when she was in, in college. When we'd go up there, first thing I would do in the fall, fall I would go watch the practice. And, no, I'm going to Alabama's baseball practice for, for a couple of hours and watch Jim uh, coach. <coughs> and then one of my players, Jeff Fiorentino, got the big hit against him to beat him in a, one of the regional games. He played for FAU. So that was sort of neat. But, yeah, it's, you know, no, the, the people that you're going to, you never, you know, you look up to, up to those people. And here I am. I'm just a high school coach, a high school coach that teach, you know, athletic record teach weight training, and, and to <clears throat> be honored is it, it's amazing. I mean, I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> I do. Look at your record and everything that you've done. I mean, got a stadium named after you.
1: But there's, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that have coached, you know, high school athletics for thirty years that that are successful and you know that that don't get the the accolades and the recognition that they they deserve any yeah, specific
0: no. shout outs you want to give i know you don't have much time on the stage so any specific shout outs you want to give that not that you can get to everybody but do you have some specific shout outs you want to give
1: oh the the, the big thing is and, and you can't mention the names but we've built a a beautiful facility at nova and it's from all the parents and the ex-players that you know just do we have time to tell a couple of stories? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been
0: to you, I've been to your field, by the way. One year, one year, Jupiter got switched, and uh, I've been to your guys' field. It's beautiful.
1: Okay, well, let's see. what year was that? Because it's even better now. It all runs uh,
0: together. I can't
1: remember. <laughs> so, I had a couple. First, it would have been nineteen. Uh, it would have been nineteen ninety, maybe. Yeah, probably 94, we went to the final four 91. Had a couple parents come to me, and they said, Coach, we have no bathrooms out here. Can we build some bathrooms and maybe a concession stand? So we sat down and talked. I said, why don't we just go a little bigger and build a locker room, concession stands and and, and bathrooms and everything? Because now that whole thing is our bathrooms are used and during the – football games because we have a football stadium out there. But anyway, <clears throat> I went to the school board and uh, we had the blueprints and everything and trying to get it approved, trying to do it the right way. And they said, because we, we originally had it for septic tanks out there for the bathroom. I said, no, you can't put septic tanks. I said, well, what can we do? That you're going to let us build a building. I said, well, you got to get the water and sewer out there. So I made some phone calls and this was, uh, uh, Ryan Nash's dad and Nash construction had the baseball kids out Christmas vacation. And we put in a thousand feet of sewer pipe and 600 feet of water and a lift station in two weeks where the kids work. Then we went to the school board and they said, okay, you can build it. So just think things like that. And then, uh, Brett Atkinson from from Moss Construction. He's the CEO. He put our beautiful uh, <coughs> uh, stadium outfield wall that's eight feet and sixteen feet in center field. He did that at really no cost to us. You know, just got people in the construction industry to do that. Our indoor batting facility uh, with uh, uh, Bruce Bernard and. And, and Doug Amos, who was the contractor on, on all the other projects, you know, our batting cage is 90 by 90, you know. So just all the people that thought it was important to help our program, we're a public school. And you don't get that in a public school because they don't, they don't have the money to, to, to build stuff. We can, we can seat 1,000 people at the stadium now, elevated bleachers. <clears throat> so it's just all the people that helped because they thought it was important that the kids had a, a nice facility.
0: But also a testament to you and how you treated people like, well, that stuff doesn't come to you. If you don't treat people right, that stuff doesn't come to you.
1: No. I mean, just like two years ago, we wanted to renovate the locker room and I called up one of my ex players. He came and redid all the flooring and then we got all the alumni to, to donate for the new lockers. So it's just, you know, it's good when you, you make a phone call and the ex-players aren't avoiding you. They call you, what, what can I help you with? You know, and, and that's that to me is, is, is special. Do you that have makes... a fail-forward
0: moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now, it's one of the best things that helped you move forward?
1: No, I was always – Maybe not getting sad. into
0: college football.
1: Well, probably, probably because I'd be, bouncing, I'd be bouncing around. But who knows? Maybe I'd be a head coach and making ten million dollars a year. I don't. I don't know those things. You, you, you never know. I, I think if if you go with your heart and you go with your gut feelings, things work out. I just always thought that. And I don't think it was the fear of the, of the unknown. It was just you know I don't want to move my family all over the place and, you know that type of thing. And, and Nova was my home, always good to me. That's where I went to school, you know, and my family graduated there. So I I think it just felt like, like home. And then before you know it, you taught 49 years, (laughs) you know,
0: You're still in great shape. So do you have any morning or evening routines that you do that you like?
1: Oh, i I'm getting to where I'm sleeping a little bit later in the morning than I should. But, uh, I, I try to run four or five miles every other day. And then I lift at least four days a week. So I think that's, that's my routine. My, so how are you mixing
0: day. in, how are you mixing in your lift days with your run days?
1: Sometimes because the gym's 24 hours, <laughs> it just yeah. depends on, How I feel if I got two hours, I'll I'll, I'll run to the gym or I'll go out to school and lift. Uh, Jogging, it just depends on if it's morning or afternoon. There's no really set time. And then my day is occupied with uh, taking grandkids to ball fields and doing those kinds of things. And then my retirement hobby is making baseball bats.
0: Love it. So, you got your own lathe and everything at the house?
1: Yeah, yeah, we got two lathes. And my son is a, an amazing uh, woodworker. He does, he's the guy that has the chainsaw and goes out and does all the carvings. <clears throat> so, just a quick story on that about, oh, maybe, maybe when, you know, he when he was in high school, or I think I told him one time, you know what, I want to, sometime I want to make a baseball bat. So he bought me one christmas he bought me a billet that sat in the garage for like 12 years just sat there and then uh one of our shop teachers at nova he was moving or something he had a lathe and, and he said said can you store this for me in the garage And my son says dad we're going we're going to make a bat so that's what started it and we're making about 140 bats a year, and I, and the whole premise was to get sponsors and give the bats to the kids that can't afford it. So we've we've done it for three years now. So it's, it's like it's, the natural. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's but it's fun. It gives me something to do because I didn't want to get another job, and it's I'm probably losing more money than than I'm making. But I got like three or 4 X ex-players that will sponsor kids so you know we we give them we give them to, to any kids that uh, that can't afford a wood bat you know i got some kids in college because if you're going to be a good baseball player you got to learn how to hit with a wood bat did you have your high school guys do that too yeah yeah they hit with wood in the in the cage
0: we did all fall yeah well you'd learn the sweet spot and
1: well you know another quick quick story is when I started kids don't believe this when I started coaching you know mm-hmm. 7374 we bought the kids every kid on the team got a wood bat it was a dollar 99 for a wood bat <laughs> Louisville. And, and then and then in like 75 or something with the lumen bat the green and the first lumen bat was the the Tennessee thumper yep that's that right was nine. And that was nine ninety nine, yep. and that was you bought that because you wanted to save money. So it's it's crazy, you know. that to, to, You tell the kids those it. no.
0: Tennessee Thumper was my first Little league bat.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, I was so a huge know. advocate of using wood in the off season, especially.
1: Right. No, it it teaches the kids because it's they find a sweet spot. They have a little issues with the the balance is going to help their bat speed and <clears throat> yeah i think it's
0: and there's pitch little... selections way better because they don't want to break the bat yeah <laughs> I, that, I mean that's a lot of it is you know kids are cognizant of of not wanting to break the bat so i think their plate their plate selection their plate discipline is much better
1: um, but still that inside pitch comes in your hands just automatically go to that pitch even when you don't want it to sometimes <laughs>
0: Uh, what are some final thoughts before I let you go, Coach? Uh, really, that I'm, I'm I'm humbled
1: by by the honor. I appreciate it, and uh, I think it's for all the high school guys that that deserve to be recognized. Uh, I think it's you know it's it's high school is is, is is all about the kids and uh you know and, and I think as a as a, as a person you you know you need to you need to chase your dreams don't let anybody there's so many naysayers out there they're going to tell you no have a vision and a plan for your for for your life uh it's never too late to be great you know just because you're 55 doesn't mean the best years are, you know, ahead of you. Uh, uh, be stronger, you know, than your excuses. You know, I think it's, it's easy. It's easy to be lazy. It's hard to be a winner every day. Take responsibility for your actions. And like I said, be stronger than your excuses. And, and, and then two other things. Be a service to your fellow man, give back, remember where you came from. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, family is the most important thing, and to your family, every day, every day, try to kiss them, hug them and tell them you love them. And I think the three most important things you have is your family, your name and your word. If you live by that, it'll be a good life.
0: And shout out to the Hall of Fame committee, by the way. They've done a really good job here lately of getting deserving high school coaches in. They've done a right, they've done a lot yeah. of work on that. So I'm I'm happy that we're starting to shine a light on on more of our great high school coaches that we've had because it is for everybody. Yeah. everybody.
1: One shout out to Lauren Torres. Lauren Torres <coughs> played was a third baseman for us and uh, played on our 91 championship team, but he's presently the coach at uh, point park university in Pittsburgh. And he's the one that organized my resume and submitted it to the committee. So he must've done a heck of a job, (laughs) you know, and then to all the former players and colleagues that that helped in that process. I, I appreciate that because you, you, you never know what, what, what in that resume, you know, piqued the interest of the of the committee
0: well you have a great one so
1: well but it's you know who who knows there's a lot of people out there with great ones i it's just i just enjoyed my whole career you know wake up every day it wasn't a job wake up every day you're going to deal with kids and help them along the way help them get into to college and help them with their careers and i can tell you so many stories of of kids that our program helped you know ex-players getting people jobs and you know doing things like you know ex-players that are coaching in college taking care of some of our kids that need a scholarships so i mean it's, it's a family you know
0: community like i said earlier you built a community which and it shows in every aspect of it so appreciate your time coach i'm looking forward to seeing you in dallas
1: yes sir thank you i i enjoyed this
0: i love coach McQuaid's approach showing empathy and love to his players you can see why he built the program he did at NOVA. Congrats to him on being inducted into the ABCA Hall of Fame. Thanks again to Jim Richardson, John Litchfield, Zach Hale, Matt West, and Antonio Walker in the ABCA office for all the help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, at ABCA.org, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ABCA, or direct message me via the MyBCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. turn